exquisite flavors of Latin music from around the world, check out Sabor Latino with Susana Orcheo on Tuesdays from 8 to 10 p.m. That's on WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill and streaming on WERU.org. Que aproveche. Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from Front Street Shipyard, a Midcoast main boat building repair and storage facility located in Belfast. Front Street Shipyard on Penobscot Bay, offering dockage, service, and amenities for owners, captains, and crew. Online at frontstreetshipyard.com or 930-3740. It's 10 seconds before the hour of 10 o'clock, and that means here at WERU 89.9 in Blue Hill and WERU.org, it's time for Boat Talk! I survived the bins of boat and I survived the sail, sir. I survived the catch the fish and take some home to lie, Good morning, good morning. It's the second Tuesday of the month, 10 a.m. Time for Boat Talk here on Community Radio, WERU-FM, Blue Hill, 89.9, 99.9 in Bangor, and all around the Internet at WERU.org. Boat Talk is brought to you by your rusty anchors, Mike Joyce and Alan Sprague, and Boat Talk is a, uh, a show where we can talk about loopers, poopers, and... Garbage scoopers, all related to boats. All right. Yeah, we'll explain that in a little bit. We're going to be talking with a looper in a little bit. Uh, yep. I get that part, yep. Yeah. Um, poopers, you know what a poop deck is. You know what getting pooped is like. Not uh, fun. Several versions of that, yes. Yeah. And garbage scoopers. There is a... Um, a group called Ocean Cleanup who are attempting to uh, recover plastic from the Great Ocean Garbage Patch out in the Pacific. And they're thinking to take, like, your uh, Roombot vacuum cleaner, except for make it a boat and... Yeah, it's not a vacuum cleaner. It's uh Over the ocean a yeah, little bit? Yeah, kind of, it's kind of a drift net that drifts slower than the plastic is floating around, so the plastic gets caught in this uh, more or less drift net affair, and they uh, clean the plastic up <coughs> that collects there on a regular basis and takes it back for recycling. They're, um, I'll go right to it. They uh, have uh, had the first large-scale ocean cleanup system and said the system is now successfully collecting and capturing plastic waste in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, collecting visible plastic debris and larger ghost nets. Those are always a problem. And the system is also successfully captured microplastics as small as one millimeter. Uh, some of the microplastics, uh, I believe, uh, even things like uh, microplastic beads and body wash, okay, are a lot smaller than that. Yeah. And I'm told they're an issue, too. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah. One millimeter is large, actually, for, yeah, for it a is. Mark. 
Um, Microplastic. You uh, and I are so lucky to be living in the plastic age, but when we get right down to it, come on, plastic is fantastic. There's, uh, it's hard to argue that now. Just read a, a great new book called Endeavor. It is the story of the vessel Endeavor. It was a, uh, a collier, coal, a coal hauling uh, sailboat that the Royal Navy b uh, bought and uh, sent uh, Captain James Cook to Tahiti. 1761 or so, uh, early uh, 17, a uh, um, little bit off on the date there, but anyway, to uh, do an astronomical, uh, Venus was going to go across the face of the sun, and Venus, uh, Tahiti was the place to do it. They were the second English vessel to Tahiti. The dolphin had been there before them, and the same thing uh, happened with dolphin and uh, Endeavour crews, okay? The Tahitians had only met metal a while back when they found some Dutchmen stranded on a reef, they uh, killed them, burnt their boat, and brought some of the metal home, and, you know, like say, they uh, found things to do with it. Now, a sailor with a bent nail, that was the price of, of a wife <laughs> in Tahiti for the for the uh, yeah. boys on the boat there. Yeah, and not pretty a lot soon, of nails available there. Same thing happened to Dolphin and Endeavor, and pretty soon the sailors had no place to hang their hammocks, and things were getting kind of rickety, you know. Um, but imagine if you had a Ziploc bag or a uh, uh, piece of Tupperware to trade with. You could you could be king of that tribe, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Some plastic. Equid dirty old metal. Yeah, um, box of bags. These are the days, but plastic, man, unintended consequences. We talk about that on Boat Talk all the time. You know, it's too fantastic, apparently, and too much of it everywhere. And yeah. uh, Ocean is one of the greatest dumping grounds on Earth. There's no, you know, it's hard to argue that just is always has been and uh you know naturally and and uh on purpose and not yeah we need a, a universal attitude change as far as disposing plastic going. well and speaking of books i brought this one in too i'm uh having uh been picking at it it's kind of depressing it's called the outlaw ocean journeys across the last untamed frontier uh, frontier ian urbina and his uh, thesis is that there are laws that uh, pertain to all of the planet, including the ocean out there, but uh, they ain't a lot of good ones, and most of them ain't enforced, and uh, boundaries are way up in the air. Um, there is a lot of abuse of fishermen, seamen, sailors, uh, sex slaves, all kind. you know. Um, again, uh, ships with different flags and owners and uh, crews that haven't been paid and are stranded, and, uh, you know, uh, again, the outlaw sea is kind of a... Um, not, let's say, it. Uh, there are a lot of regulations, but there's, uh, uh, you know, more unregulated behavior than, than is good for anybody. Yeah, a lot of regulation, but not much policing. Yeah, yeah, and the stuff that he uh, gets into with the, uh, oh, Indonesians uh, having fisheries uh, and border contests with the Vietnamese, and the Vietnamese have much better uh, bigger Coast Guard boat, and the two Indonesian and, and Coast Guard boats are... Uh, aiming at each other, bow cannons locked and loaded, uh, a boat that's been rammed with fishermen in the water in between them, uh, you know, and again, the, one of them thought they were 40 miles inside Indonesia, the other thought they were 20 miles inside Vietnam, and both of them positive of it, mm -hmm. you know, and willing to, uh, the yeah. Indonesians back down, but again, uh, you know, nothing bad can happen. Uh, you mentioned the Arctic. We talked, uh, the other day, and, and the Russians are making a big sovereignty play up there now that it's becoming a, uh, 
you know, it is a now Northwest Passage. Yeah, it is. A, a, there's a, going to be a lot of shipping heading up there, and there are a couple of shipping companies who uh, have a conscience, and they said that, uh, no, we're not going to use the North Sea route because we think it's causing too much pollution up there, and we're going to keep on going the way we have been, just slow steaming to save a, save a, the pollution to a lower level, <laughs> not zero, but... At least they are showing some conscience. Mm, mentioned on last month's boat talk, the Soviets are also putting uh, uh, billions of dollars of uh, their building infrastructure up there. Ships need, uh, you know, uh, places to fuel and tie up and uh, repair and whatever, uh, you know, emergency uh, facilities, all that kind of stuff. And the Soviets, again, are going to spend a lot of money on infrastructure. And um, especially thinking of their buddies Canada on the other side there are... Uh, um, going to work real hard at saying this is all ours hmm. you know um, and of course uh, South China Sea that's going on uh, again all over the planet right now yeah. um, now back uh, between this uh, and the last boat talk was the uh, world climate strike uh, September 20th I think it was mm -hmm. I hope it was because I uh, made a sign and went out on the bridge and stood with my friends in Blue Hill. What a lovely morning that was. And, uh, man, you talk about some good people uh, standing on the bridge there and some uh, literally old hippies, okay? <laughs> I'm chatting with a couple of 80-something-year-old ladies who have been doing this since the 60s, and I, I restrained myself from saying, well, you know, <laughs> we, are, are we learning anything? Are we getting, a, you know, figure, I mean... It's good that we're still protesting, but it's bad that we're still protesting. So, yeah, yeah, we still have to. Yeah. yeah, and the kids came down from George Stevens Academy, stood on the other side of the bridge, and uh, sang and chanted a little bit, and then everybody walked back up to George Stevens Academy. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, those 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 kids are doing a, a, an excellent effort at trying to clean up the ocean, or at least make people aware of that. Yep. My sign had two sides. Uh, one side was inspired by... Um, it was... Uh, they just had the big uh, rain down in Texas where a place, Millie, Texas, I think had something like 42 inches of rain. If an inch of rain is, what, a foot of snow, it's a good, good thing it wasn't cold there. Mm -hmm. um, and again, uh, what do you do with all that water? So, uh, uh, yeah, that's, uh, again, uh, kind of extraordinary. So the backside of the sign said, it's flooding down in Texas, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the front side was inspired by my friend, uh, my partner on this thing I do called Boat Talk, this uh, Alan uh, Sprague character, okay? <laughs> the other side of the sign said, make Earth flat again. Uh-huh. Did you get any comments? Uh, I did, as a matter of fact, and I'm not sure, uh, you know, it's a little wry for some people, but it makes as much sense as ignoring what seems to be happening right in front of you, and, and uh, you know, uh, just declare the earth flat again, and the earth sees no round. Yeah, great. Solve everything. Yeah, some people could think you were serious. <laughs> well, um, and again, in tongue-in-cheek, maybe I am. But was uh, glad and proud to go out and do that that day. Uh, not that, uh, you know, didn't fix nothing, but somebody's got to say something. And I'd like to point out what the other folks are saying. They don't make a lot of sense. They insult. They uh, demean. They uh, mischaracterize. <sighs> Um, you know, don't have much positive to say. Well, you? and uh, my buddy Patrick, his sign was uh, respect the science, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and it's hard to um, it's hard to argue 
and we've talked about this before too, that there's kind of dimensions to uh, denying these things. Well, A, uh, there's nothing happening. Oh, there's something happening, but we got nothing to do with it. And if we do have something to do with it, we couldn't fix nothing. So, you know, all kinds of grades there. But is something happening? And, and uh, you know, are we responsible? Uh, chances seem above average. Uh, so, again, uh, stand and watch at your own peril, folks. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's go back to the loopers. We have Dave on the line now. We'll oh, find, please. Yeah, find out what's going up with the great loop. Good morning, Dave. Welcome to Boat Talk. Good morning. And uh, you are in St. Louis now, is that correct? Well, across the river from it. I'm uh, in Alton, Illinois. Uh-huh. Well, last time we talked to you, you were up in Canada. So that's, that's quite a trip you've made just in the last month. I, I think last time I was in Milwaukee. Right. Yeah, that's yes, right. That's yep. right. Yes, that's right. Yep. And headed for Chicago to get some deep dish pizza. I that turned out all right, didn't it? It did. It was. It was really good. It's not pizza, but it's really good. <laughs> yep. How How did you like the big lake there? Have any? Uh, uh, you you any, mean the washing machine? No, no. <laughs> that's what you call it. That's what I call Lake Michigan. Yeah, a little choppy, huh? Oh, well, we we spent. Uh, probably weeks waiting for days that we could move. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it did get choppy. <laughs> As we were saying last month, you now have a uh, file folder in your brain called Weather Window that's always uh, being examined, you know. Uh, yeah. Is the weather good for the boat? Yeah. Can we can we uh, squeeze out and get there? Huh. Um, and, again, uh, those lake waves, they're too short, they're too steep. Uh, you know, they're not like a the same amount of wind and stuff offshore is, I think, uh, much less problem than it is on a lake, personally. So, I Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I grew up boating on, on Sebago Lake, and, uh, you know, it, it gets rough out there, but the Great Lakes are, they don't call them great for nothing. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Everything's um, bigger. Uh, now, uh, so we uh, tied up in Chicago and, and uh, touristed for a little while, too. Uh, we did uh, two or three days in Chicago, and then we got moving again, got down the river, got through uh, uh, the locks that, well, they've opened up now, but they were closed from September 20th to October 5th, uh, and we didn't want to be caught on the wrong side of that because uh, we didn't really want to get cold and freeze our butts off. <laughs> Why were the locks closed, Dave? Uh, they're closing them for maintenance, and they're going to be closed for uh, all of 2020. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, so there will be no loopers. Well, it'll be a looper stopper, yeah. Well, and I've, uh, I'm going to be asking you, might as well do it now, about uh, commercial traffic. You must be experiencing lots of commercial traffic, not on the, only on the lakes, but on, on the rivers. They're uh, big commercial highways, a lot of barge traffic. Have you a lot of barge traffic. We didn't hit a lot of commercial traffic on the lakes. Uh, you know, we, we saw the odd tanker or what have you. But once we got onto the rivers, we had to learn fast what, uh, you know, on the one whistle meant. Because they, they don't communicate uh, with whistles. They communicate on the radio, and they tell you what whistle yep. they are intending. And it's, it's kind of fun. And, I, you know, you listen through their thick accents. So, you know, they, they, yeah, we're going to take you on the one. That's it. That's all you get. Yeah. I had a fellow come uh, wake me up one night. He says, what the hell does he mean when he says we'll, we'll do a two-whistle? <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, uh, you know, it's no time to be wandering in the dark with something much bigger up in front of you. So, Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, if they close, and again, uh, we I think underappreciate the volume of stuff that travels on those river uh, highways there and those barges. I'm walking a barge tow go by the marina right now. Big one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's amazing. How many I, How many barges are in it? Uh, this one looks to be either six or well, look, there might be two more barges ahead of that. I'm I'm trying to look over a seawall too. Yeah. So huh. I can't uh, imagine it's, it's trying big. to steer something like that six barges long and just. Oh, I've I've seen some that were uh, fifteen. Wow. And sometimes they, again, pulling them on a string. Sometimes they, uh, you have a notch in the back of the barge, and they push them. Uh, sometimes they'll be a uh, They're all pushed yeah. down the rivers. All, pushed, all down pushed down the rivers, through. yeah. Yeah. Dave was in going through New York City one night, and uh, a uh, tug guy uh, called another. He says, uh, Cap, he says, how are you moving that thing tonight? And the other guy come back. He says, push, 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 all we know how to do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and they don't stop, neither. <laughs> yeah. And now... I've heard that the rivers and locks have been having some weather issues. There's been too much water literally a couple of times this season. Oh, and well, there's too much water right now. Uh, the Great Lakes, when we were up there, they were four to five feet over norm. Uh, and that's all got to go somewhere. It's coming down the rivers now. Ooh. Uh, and the, we're on the Mississippi right now, and it's high. It's high. Well, just, just setting here. We've been here. We're waiting for a refrigerator. Our, our fridge died. <laughs> uh, and so we've been sitting here uh, about a week and a half now. Uh, and we, the, the water under the boat right here at the dock is four feet deeper than it was when we arrived. Wow. And when you have that volume of water coming down the river, the other thing people don't think of is the amount of debris that comes with oh, it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, and, Back to plastic. Know, Mississippi is just all about dodging debris right now. Wow. Um, yeah, and again, you can't shut down those river highways. There's too much water uh, maintenance. Uh, man, as I say, it's uh, you turn off the uh, interstate, uh, stop trucks hauling stuff, man. Uh, uh, again, the uh, volume of stuff, especially farm products, uh, you know, uh, got to yeah. go places on the water there. And it's pretty impressive oh. to watch. The boys, uh, again, are nothing but professional. You know? I have no idea what they're going to do next year when they close half of the Illinois River, honestly. Yeah. That's that's going to be a huge kick in the teeth to a, a, a lot of people's wallets. Want to uh, uh, tell people, just in case they don't know what a one and two whistle uh, pass is, Cam? Well, you know, if you're going on the one, you're leaving them on your port side. And you, if you're going on the two, it's, you're going to leave them on, off your starboard side. Yeah, that's it, it's exactly. It's pretty much that simple. Yeah, exactly. Uh, think of you driving down the highway, that's a one whistle pass, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know. We're passing on the wrong side. That's uh, it, it works too. But you know, yeah, port you, to port is the normal yeah. passing way. But you, you hear too, you start getting very serious. Yeah, five is the warning sign. If it's five of them, somebody's uh, very worried. So uh, that's you know, right. One and two is good. Um, oh, let's see. Where are we now? Uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, uh, Mississippi River. Last time we talked about uh, docking and line handling. Um, with uh, your partner Stacy there, um, I hear uh, from the Facebook uh, she liked uh, uh, you know being mentioned and uh, complimented on her line handle, but possibly I pronounced her name wrong. Uh, Goose. Goose. Stacy Goose. Yeah. That's what come to me at about three o'clock this morning. It was Stasi Goose. I said to myself, couldn't be anything else. G U S 
G-U-T-H. Uh, yep. So I've been saying guff, okay. Is uh, Stacy uh, nearby this morning? How are we all doing? Oh, she's doing all right. She's uh, still sitting in the stateroom uh, enjoying the warmth of the covers. Yep. <laughs> we're in a different time zone than you are. So I got up early this morning. I'm all showered and, and you know, had a cup of coffee poured into me, and I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Got you. You're an but, hour, uh, hour behind us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of interesting things happen around the dock, and, and again, uh, you know, on a good night, you get to be tied to a dock. Docks are expensive, docks and walls, uh, you know, but um, again, that's where uh, everybody is, and uh, things happen, which is good. Um, and again, to have a fellow who can drive the boat into a lot of different corners with somebody who can handle the lines, uh, you're above the bubble, because uh, one of my favorite questions is, uh, uh, chat up dock masters, you know. Uh, any, any interesting stories, uh, you know? Uh, I love to go help people with their lines, you know, and then you get chatting with people about uh, things that happen around the dock, you know, and everybody yeah. shakes their head. And again, a lot of uh, kerfuffles can happen quickly with very expensive, large, heavy gear. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of these people that are doing the loop around us, uh, you know, this is their first boat, and they never really did anything with a boat until they started doing the loop. So they, they come out here, you know, $100,000, $200,000 boat, and they don't know how to back it down into a slip. <laughs> and, again, backing it down into a slip, I don't like doing that either. I've been doing it. And, uh, one of my great things for years was uh, I convinced a fellow I had a uh, Mason 44 sail, uh, sailboat and a uh, Learjet out of Santa, Santa Fe for 14 years. And I convinced him that it was better to go frontwards into the slip because people walking down the dock were not, um, you know, looking right in the cockpit and down the companionway. We had some mm -hmm. privacy. And it was easier to back out than it is to back in. That is a fact. Changed his fact. life. He, uh, you know, and uh, it, was, it was good for me, too, because I don't like backing in. So. Well, these marinas generally are set up to be backed into. Yeah. You know, we're, we're in a covered slip right now. You wouldn't want to pull forward into this slip. Yeah, uh, because you'd you'd need twice as long a shore power cable, twice as long water hoses. Everything would have to be twice as long, uh, and there'd be really no way to get on and off the boat because you know you'd have your cockpit sticking out into the water and nothing to step on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah, it's 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 tough. You know, most of the marinas that we've been to for the last couple of months, uh, you wouldn't want to pull straight in. No one does. Had a, um, oh, I forget who he was, commercial uh, captain one time uh, talk about docking, saying they're basically all a controlled crash, you know, that you just kind of gauge and try to make it as soft as possible, you know. Um, yeah. My thing was always to aim not for the dock, but a spot two inches away from it sort of thing, you know. So anyway, um, but, yeah, it's, um, again, um, if you've got a good crew and, and uh, uh, you've got confidence, good for you, bud, because... Uh, They'll put you in a lot of uh, surprising corners, won't they? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got to put it in there. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Around a couple of corners, and with uh, again people's uh, uh, bow pulpits and anchors hanging out, uh, you all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know. So I watched a guy back in here uh, a couple of days ago, and he had both bow and stern thrusters, and he could not hit the broadside of a barn with a bass fiddle. <laughs> His, his mate was throwing lines before he was ever near a dock. 
two uh, middle-aged two middle-aged ladies delivering a uh, Hinkley jet boat down the intercoastal waterway, and and they called ahead to the uh, marina in North Carolina, there South Carolina, and told them they were coming, gonna need fuel. You know, uh, we'll be there pretty soon. These two middle-aged ladies show up. And uh, the jet boat comes to a stop and goes dead sideways into the dock. And the guy stood there and looked at him and says, well, you still got to tie it up. Walked away. <laughs> you don't need me. <laughs> yeah, they didn't need him at all. Those, those, thing, uh... That will go dead sideways <laughs> with the magic stick there. So, um, And uh, another good one, uh, parallel parking between two boats that give you a couple inches on your length. Uh, yeah. That can be fun sometimes too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And we had one of those situations uh, when we were coming down uh, down the Illinois. Uh, we were pulling up on a wall. It was a free wall. Free wall with power, which is one of the Oh, hallelujah. Down. That's, yeah. Uh, and so we're, we're waiting to pull up onto this wall, and everyone's facing the wrong way, and I knew they were. Uh, and I went right in with them because we were all facing down river and you want to face up into the current so you don't, you know, pick up crap around your props and whatnot if it's coming down river. Uh, but everyone's facing the wrong way. And, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. So I, I'm waiting to pull in. And there's the boat that's ahead of me uh, is trying to pull up to the wall. And he's, he's not getting anywhere near the last boat in the line. He's leaving a space that I'm supposed to parallel park into. But he's lallygagging, uh, and he doesn't have his fenders out, and I can't figure out what the heck is going on. And finally, I just uh, had enough of it, and I just pulled onto the wall. It took me all, you know, 10 seconds to get onto the wall and get lines made fast. And he's still screwing around. It, it probably took him 10 minutes to get in on that wall, and he almost hit two other boats while he was doing it. You know, people don't realize that they they have to have their boats ready to pull up. You know, and if they're not, if they aren't ready, they have to hang out into the water. They can't, you know, take over the waterway uh, while they get the stuff together. It was it was just terrible. Interesting way to learn. Um, we was uh, fetching a uh, wooden boat uh, sailboat over to uh, Nova Scotia. We ended up bringing it back. Uh, couldn't pass customs and stuff, and and Ford brought it back. Need a new fuel filter. And we can't find one, so I'm uh, up and down the dock and, and looking for stuff. A couple from Cape Breton Island, they'd uh, been camping for 30 years. And he said uh, that, that spring, geez, what if we bought a boat? And she was cool enough to say, oh, let's sell the camper and buy the boat. So they bought this uh, silly little houseboat thing, and they got it from uh, Cape Breton to Halifax and scared the pants off themselves. Uh, went out of Halifax in the fog. First thing they heard is, this is uh, her Canadian Majesty's destroyer, uh, blah, blah, you are uh, standing into danger, play, you know. And they got to Yarmouth, and they ain't going no nowhere ever again. <laughs> and he had actually invited me. He says, uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about, what you need by, but I'm telling you what, come in, look at my engine. If you can see it, you can take it, because I'm not going anywhere <laughs> as soon as I can. Yeah, yeah, totally intimidated by the thing, but again, that's not a bad lesson to understand either. A houseboat yeah. going down? Yeah, it was a houseboat. He kind of was homemade. It was, Ooh. you know. Yeah, probably yeah. handled like a that was barn. Again, first boat yeah. and fog off of Halifax. You, uh, yeah, <laughs> nobody's yeah. gonna like that. So, and again, yeah, a lot of people um, off on their first boat. Interesting, yeah. Um, now, 
Tell us about the refrigerator, Dave. I hear the other one failed with, uh, if not flames, filled the boat with smoke. Well, that was the first replacement. Uh, ah. uh, the original refrigerator, uh, it was still keeping stuff cold, but it, it was it was on its way out. Uh, the, the freezer itself hadn't actually frozen anything in a long time. And the refrigerator itself, uh, you know, there were some days we'd, we'd get up in the morning, and it, I always kept a... Uh, thermometer on it just to see where it was at and some I, I woke up one morning it was 48 degrees in the refrigerator so well, this is good uh, so we started making arrangements to get a new one uh, and we pulled into a marina ordered it up uh, the marina it's just the marina we're in right now they have a, a great deal uh, pay for three days you get six so it's, you know six for the price of three uh, and we're on our second run of six for the price of three. We'll be here 12 days by the time it's all said and done. So we got the new refrigerator here, took the old one out. I gave it to the maintenance guy here at the marina. He says, I want to turn that into a kegerator. I said, it's all yours, pal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I gave that away, and we got the, the refrigerator in here. I modified the hole because no two you know, refrigerators are the same. Uh, and I wasn't setting a marine fridge this time. I was just setting an apartment model to fit the hole. Uh, I have an inverter on the boat. I don't need to spend $2,000 in a refrigerator when I can spend 300 So uh, got it in there, got it all mounted, and left the galley. I went out. Oh, I went to get the door hardware because I took the doors off to mount it. And I was going to put the doors on and then, you know, turn it on. But it was plugged in. Uh I go to get the door hardware, come back into the boat, and the boat's filled with smoke. Where's the smoke coming from? That's going to stop fridge. your heart, Captain. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I tore that fridge back out of there as fast as I could. Uh, and sure enough, the uh, the power cord to that fridge um, was just absolutely shredded. It melted down. The conductors were all touching. And, oh, excellent. Yeah. No, I, I don't know what was wrong with the thing, but... Wow. Um, the, Pulled it back out, put it back into the cart, and shipped it back. Uh, and they sent me another one. And that one showed up, and both doors were dented right in. <laughs> uh, so didn't even didn't even take that off of, off of the styrofoam uh, pedestal it was sitting on, put the box right back around it, sent it back. And then I, I called them back up. I said, listen, I said, you've sent me two bad refrigerators, so this time... I'm not taking any chances. Send me two. <laughs> so I bought two refrigerators, and I'm going to send one back uh, when they arrive today. Yep. Oh, geez. Uh, good luck, bud. Wood. Good yeah. luck. Hey, we are doing boat talk this morning, and we're talking to uh, our friend uh, Captain Dave Rowe, Captain of Stinkpot. Uh, we say that with all re respect, and you can go to the Adventures of Stinkpot on Facebook, the uh, uh, crew of Stace... Uh, Stacy Guth and uh, Captain Dave Rowe have gone up the Hudson Erie Canal uh, across the Great Lakes and are now coming down the Mississippi River uh, off of St. Louis today. And we've been talking to them uh, on boat talk last couple months. Uh, try to keep track of them, enjoy the adventure from a safe distance. Yeah. You know? oh, besides uh, Facebook, um, you, Dave, you also have uh, some posts on uh, YouTube. I saw the one of you going through Chicago uh, with time lapse one, and that's a uh, that was very interesting. It was a, it was almost a uh, 
like watching a, a, a music video as you go through these, I think they're fairly narrow canals through Chicago going under low bridges. It's a, it's a fun video to watch. Why don't you yeah, dashboard time lapse. That's yeah. so cool. Well yeah. done, yeah. Tell people how, yeah. to, how, to, how to see those. Uh, yeah, well, those are on YouTube. Uh, you know, we have a stink pot channel there. Uh, but they're also, all of those videos are also on Facebook. Uh, we're just sort of stirring the pot, getting everything everywhere. So, uh, but yeah, I, if you search for stink pot, either on, on Facebook or YouTube, you'll, you'll find us. Now you're on your own schedule, of course, because you're at the mercy of uh, refrigeration issues and stuff like that. But for a, a little bit, didn't you travel in a nice group, uh, uh, travel together, uh, socialize and make music, uh, with some people for a little bit there, did we? Uh, well, we've we've had a lot of uh, a, a lot of friends that we've made along the way. Uh, I oh my uh, my first mate's just reminding me uh, that our YouTube channel is called Folk on the Water. Folk on oh good one okay, like good. folk music yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, we we've made a lot of friends uh, you know friendly boaters along the way and you know packed up when we when we needed the power of numbers like coming down through those locks that were closing uh if we'd come down by ourselves they would have laughed laughed at us until we had another 10 boats behind us um so uh, yeah yeah cool and again that's it is hard to travel with somebody else because everybody keeps a slightly different pace has slightly different issues you know and uh, oh yeah yeah uh, we we had uh, when we were coming down through those blocks. We had eight or ten boats, and we were all packed up. And you know, you don't want to follow too close. You don't want to follow too far. Uh, it just gets uncomfortable fast either way. Uh, and we were the third boat in line. The lead boat was making about nine knots, uh, and the second boat uh, just couldn't seem to decide on a speed. Uh, and we we kept creeping up on them, and then I, you know lean off and they'd lean into it and I, then i you know pick back up again it was one of those things so finally somebody behind me said uh, on the radio said did somebody pick a speed up there you know what, <laughs> one what do we speed, do? Yes. and uh finally we all decided that nine knots seemed to be a, a good speed for everybody to be going as as we're trying to get to these locks uh but the, the folks up, the, up ahead of us for some reason, they were vacillating wildly between six knots and eight knots, <laughs> and we were losing losing the lead boat, who was the only, uh, you know, uh, certified captain in the bunch. Uh, and you know, so he he was talking the lock language. He was he had them on the radio, you know, and everything was going smooth for us as long as he was right there. It's like let's keep this together, folks. <laughs> Cool. Um, we're just told by our friend Amy Brown that uh, we have put the link to your Facebook page on the WERU uh, .org page to uh, get linked to Stinkpot. Probably on the WERU Facebook page. Yep. Yeah. WERU's Facebook page. WERU's Facebook page. Uh, yeah, we were going to talk about the computer a little bit, uh, possibly here this morning, and who knew you had to grow up to be a computer programmer? I didn't, you know. And I don't take naturally to it, but, man, again, what a great time to be a sailor because of GPS especially, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, how's our uh, position compared to our ex expectations of, uh, you know, it's uh, early October and uh, you're hoping to winter in Florida, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we'll be wintering down in Florida. And uh, our, our position right now is better than probably we deserve. We, <laughs> we, had to, we really had to rush down through those locks because of the closure. Uh, so we got on the on the other side of those probably a week, two weeks before historically people would be looking to get through them. Nice. Uh, so, but we just burned that two weeks sitting here. So. Well, you know, uh, and and we watched the pack move right by us. You know, so there aren't very many loopers to the north of us at this point. I I think we're probably the lollygaggers at this point. Yeah, seasonally speaking, it's a seasonal thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There are a few people, you know, we, we, we're, we're on Facebook paying attention to other people, too. And I know uh, from the Great Loops, uh, uh, the Great Loop uh, Facebook group, that there are a few folks uh, behind us, mostly that had mechanical issues and things like that. They're just getting back going again. And they're all freezing their butts off up there. And, you know, it was in the 90s here last week. Uh, and right now it's 61 degrees. Um, it's been, you know, pretty nice most days. It'll get up into the low 70s, and that's just fine with me. Again, hope for, uh, you know, just normal, not wild weather. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. But we're on we're on the rivers now, so it, it really, there's, there's no fetch to worry about. Uh, yeah. The only thing we, we really get troubled with is, is current and debris. Oh. Uh, I... And the, the river is, oh, I can't speak to what it's running right now. But when we were coming down last week uh, to here uh, and we got onto the Mississippi, we went from doing about nine knots to 12 knots in a second. <laughs> and, you know, we had a river current under us in the first place, uh, which was, I, I think the Illinois was probably running about two knots and we picked up another three. So Mississippi, when we were on it, was running about five knots. Ooh. Uh, and, the thing that astonished me, you know, I, I was dodging trees in the water. Yep. Uh, and those are brown, and the water's brown. And there were people in, in these sedan cruisers going by us like we were going in reverse. Uh, one guy came by us and waked us so hard that, you know, things have fallen all over the boat. I, I, I thought we were back in the washing machine, uh, just for a second anyway. Uh, but people, you know, they, they just don't care down here. You know, rip off my drive, who cares? I'll get another one, I guess. Uh, Five-knot current is, uh, that's uh, about all you want to play with, uh, with uh, for or against you. Again, uh, you think it's good to have the current with you. It's not that great either. Yeah, it makes um, it harder to steer. Here's a classic uh, Castine story I've seen a few times. People tie up to the town dock in Castine, okay? Um, Bagadoose will run up to four plus knots uh, in and out on the tide there, um, you know, going in and out the harbor parallel to the dock. Now, mm -hmm. Daddy's at the wheel of the uh, boat like yours. Mummy's on the foredeck. They untire, and Daddy takes off from the dock right away. He's going down current with more. Sp the the river's got more speed than his propeller does, and there's not his rudder has no power. Okay, right. and so. Now he's yelling to Mummy, fend off, fend off, because the Pentagoet tugboat with all the bow pudding is right across from the dock there, and that's where they end up. 
in the bow pudding of the tanker from main uh, from the uh, tug from Maine Maritime, and it's usually again mummy in the bow in the bow pudding of the of the tugboat, and I've seen it a couple of times. And the people that leave the dock with the current behind them are amazed that the boat don't steer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it it can get it can get crazy, and you know we're we're going to take advantage of that current and, and try to save some fuel uh, because we have about 200 miles to get to the Ohio River where uh, we take a left and the current turns around on us. Uh, but uh, you know we're going to get out there and probably do little more than what my tachometers would consider headway speed uh and just let let the river carry us oh too i'm sorry i'm not there and we can't think how to rig it for uh you know a couple of auxiliary sails you know some uh quilts and bed sheets sort of thing you know <laughs> maybe a mizzen riding sail just for good looks you know reminds well, me you, of tom you sawyer your, you want to keep your power there and available because there are barge toes going in both directions all yeah. the time, and you need to be able to, to respond to it fast. Yeah. Uh, or you know, if something's in the river, it, you know, it, 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 you got to get steerage fast. And again, um, the uh, you know the pleasure boats, you uh, it's a mixed bag. You cannot assume. I learned this a long time ago. Cannot assume competence in all those boats. You just can't. And, you can't uh, assume competence in anything. No. Well, the professional guys though. You know, uh, usually they're pretty good. Yeah. Usually, <laughs> sometimes they're not paying attention, or have, or again, they may not uh, care about you very much. Uh, you know, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Some of them are a little, uh, what do you call it, jaded. I would say, but yeah, but most of them, again, I talk to them on the radio, and I find them, uh, you know, nothing but professional. Usually, so, yeah. Usually, you know, it's it's it, it, it's a mixed bag out here. It really is. Yeah. You know, and, uh, it's, you know speak, speaking of the current, though, uh, I, I had a, a moment. I, I got to test my skills. We were talking about backing into a slip a little while ago. Yep. We, we had a, uh, I had a, a gig in, in Peru, Illinois, which is uh, just outside of Peoria, basically. Uh, and it was at a, a boating club, basically a yacht club. Uh, but this place catered to, you know, 20 to 30 foot boats. And the slips were made to 20 to 30 foot boats. Now I'm, I'm about 40 feet. Uh, and the, uh, I had to back across the current to get into this boat slip. And it was a three and a half knot current. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm. Uh, and put this boat into a slip that it, that it didn't fit into. I want to. I want to tell you. It, it took me a couple of tries. I didn't even know that the current was that swift until I was crossing it. And it was a, a. They had a security camera there, and the guy that hired me to play the gig sent me a text message after about my third attempt, and he he said, "You know, the current turns around in the middle of that slip you're trying to back into. There's a like a whirlpool effect against." The yeah, wall. yeah. He said so. You can't uh, you can't approach that even if you can anticipate the current. You can't approach that slip from very far out. You got to make your turn into the slip at the slip. Ooh. And he told me that, and I put it right in there the next try. And again, you've got to give it some power to make the rudder bite. And, and but you're in uh, tight quarters there. And, and uh, well, the rudder doesn't bite when you're in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, thinking of Captain Ron, what was the movie there? Kurt Russell, uh, you know, he's, he does everything at high speed next to, especially next to the dock there, old Captain Ron, and, uh, you know, uh, not the wrong way to approach it sometimes. We was up in Halifax, uh, fuel dock, and um, we left it, and I asked my buddy, Fisherman, who was driving the sailboat, I, I said, what do you think those sticks in the water over there are? He says, uh, I'm not sure, and started turning the boat, and the guy went, there's no water, there's no water. <laughs> And Greg, to his credit, um, did something that the dock guy had never seen anybody do. He give it the gas and put the wheel hard over. Most people uh, try to put it in reverse and end up in the mud, okay? Um, yep. by, by giving it the gas, we cleared that turn. We were the only people he'd ever seen do that. You spun it right around. Spun it right around, but yeah. you had to give it to her yeah. to do that, you know? Yep. And the, sometimes you have to. The chances of, again, giving it to her in the corner and, and it don't work out good because uh, there's a whirlpool you didn't anticipate or, you know. Huh, huh. Yeah, that's, that's another thing that I've been warned about. Uh, one of uh, our boating friends uh, that are ahead of us sent me a text message a couple of days ago. He's, he's actually about 200 miles ahead of us now. <clears throat> and he said, when you get out there onto the river, he said, um, and the, the currents are really going, he says, you be careful in the turns. Because the whirlpools can come up on you fast, mm. he said. And when you get into one of those things, the only thing you can do is, is you know, give it the goose and, and steer. He said, and your your autopilot is uh, doesn't know what to do with it. He said, so you know, have your hands on the wheel. Hey, uh, Captain Dave, let's imagine we are Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn, and, and we don't have uh, two engines and, uh, you know, throttle and GPS. We've got a long sweep oar and a raft. Huh? Come on. Think about approaching the Mississippi like that every once in a while, Captain, you know? Oh, I have. <laughs> I think about it all the time when yeah. we're out there. You know, it, it's just I, I can't imagine doing it like that, especially today, uh, you know, with the barges. And, oh, and good Lord. You'd, yeah. You'd be, you know, you'd, you'd be meat. You'd be wreckage in no time, yes. You'd be debris. Yep. And the tree, a uh, bunch of floating trees, they don't float high. Hardwood trees, maybe. Uh, again, they're not all that buoyant. And uh, you got to work. Oh, man. I come upon one in the Grand Manam pa Passage one time. I'd just gone up to the bow of the boat. It was couldn't see the bow of the boat because of the fog. I was just annoyed with my buddy and... Went up to the bow of the boat to take a walk and uh, started yelling, starboard, starboard. There was a huge tree right in front of us, broadside to us, uh, just barely. Never, uh, mm. We should have plowed into it ourselves. So, And, again, you don't want that to happen at high or low speed. No, no. So no. Certain, certain of those trees, uh, if you run into them, they could make an ash hole in your boat. Ah, he's the punny <laughs> one. Watch out for it. Now, let's remind people, that. too, uh, Captain Dave here is Dave Rowe. He is a uh, uh, fairly uh, competent singer-songwriter, guitar-playing musician, the son of uh, Tom Rowe, uh, famous for uh, Devon Square. Uh, oh, uh, Schooner Fair. Yeah, Schooner Fair, all them uh, things. Uh, late great uh, dad, Tom Rowe. And, again, uh, he and his partner, Stacy, are on a bayliner called Stinkpot and doing the Great Loop. Now coming down the Mississippi River uh, on the side of St. Louis right now. Uh, Adventures of Stink Pot. Go to the uh, WERU Facebook page and link to the Adventures of Stink Pot. There's stuff on the YouTube and be some music around too, Dave, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's lots of music, lots of videos. All Do the exciting stuff. Um, your uh, 
marina that you now live in, uh, social opportunities for you and your guitar? Uh, not really. Uh, it's a town marina, and it's, it's a very nice town marina. There's uh, swimming pool, hot tubs, that sort of thing. It's, it's sort of resorty, but there is no place to play. Yeah. All right. Well, there's always a place to play, you know. Well, here on the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, great talking to you, man. And, uh, again, uh, it's a pleasure to check on you and uh, take the adventure from uh, this safe distance, you know, with no liabilities of uh, uh, boats filled with smoke, uh, you know. Um, ha having no refrigerator, that's not cool. <laughs> literally. It's, it's literally not cool. Yeah. Literally, yes. Um, one more little story for you. I was, uh, we were going to Virgin Gorda one time, and uh, we got in a storm uh, going to Bermuda, and the uh, reefer went down. Got to Bermuda. Uh, we had ac actually caught a uh, four-foot Dorado just uh, a morning before we got into Bermuda, and I cooked some of it up right away, but we had no refrigeration. I had this fish in drywall buckets uh, and seawater on the deck, and the customs guys were drooling over it. I bribed my way into Bermuda with that fish. <laughs> can I have some for my mate? Yes, you can. So um, the refrigeration people, I'm in St. George, and the refrigeration people are in uh, Hamilton uh, a few miles away, and they sent two guys down. One guy never came up on the boat. The other guy used all my tools. I was his helper. And when they got done, um, they took the thing, uh, and brought it to their place and then brought it back again. And the second time, I said, how much do I owe you? And they said, uh, $9,402, you know, I was, what? <laughs> and what they had done is called the lady in the office in Hamilton who was keeping time from the minute they left the shop in Hamilton. Okay, I can't, I've never seen her. I can't appeal to her. She doesn't, hasn't seen anything that's going on. But she is keeping to the second time uh, door to door there at full price. And what a ruthless system that was. I went and complained and got a little bit off, but uh, they had me at their mercy, um, you know. And, again, you've got to be able to take care of yourself, bud, if you're out oh, yeah. there with any, any expectations of keep traveling successfully. Yeah. Good for you for being handy, as well <laughs> as talented. Well, thank you, Jen. Yeah. And sometime we'd like to talk to your attractive friend, too, another time maybe. Keep that in mind. Our friend Stacy Guth. And uh, keep traveling safe, man. Will do. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. Captain Dave Rowe from uh, Adventures of Stinkpot this morning, trying to, again, keep track of them from a safe distance here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to put in one thing quickly here. Um, we frequently talk about boats like you did earlier, or books, about <laughs> boating books uh, like you did earlier. I have an email that came uh, about three, four weeks ago from... Um, Peg and Jim, they send an email, I'll read it. My wife and I stumbled upon a great book about New England lighthouses, and we thought you might be interested in checking it out. It was written in 1945 by Edward Snow, who I'm sure is related to the shipbuilding Snow family in Rockland. It not only describes the construction of several lighthouses, but, <laughs> but it relates some pretty amazing rescues by the keepers and victims of founderings and wrecks. I noticed that the Maine State Library system lists the title for a loan. If you're not familiar with the book, we heartily recommend it. Now, unfortunately, you may have noticed that he didn't 
give the title of the book in this email. So I did a little research. Uh, Snow has written dozens, basically, uh, of marine books. Yes, uh, Edward Rowe Snow. Yeah. Here we are, Rowe again. Yeah, dozens of them. Edward Rowe Snow, uh, who died in 1982, has written over 40 books, mostly about uh, marine-related subjects. Yeah. Uh, the, the title of the book that they're talking about, I believe, is called Famous New England Lighthouses, and it was published in 1973. So we'll have to check out that out, but look up uh, Edward Rose Snow. There's lots of good marine titles there. Even in the age of GPS, lighthouse is still a good thing to see, and um, so are the towers on uh, Vinylhaven. You can see those uh, windmill towers, uh, the lights on them from about everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you may not know where you are, but you know where Vinylhaven is. You know, is uh, where we like to joke sometimes. So. Yeah, and we never even give the phone number yet on Boat Talk oh, uh, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. for uh, this morning because we're open to anybody that yeah. uh, would like to say hey or... Uh, Talking too much. Uh, anything else, yeah. On the other hand, um, thinking about a... Um, I couldn't find it. I, I couldn't find my notebook. I wrote a piece. Uh, uh, I kind of got thrown off uh, tugboat delivery, uh, Penobscot and Seguin to uh, World War II... Navy YTP tugboats that worked Bath Iron Works were bought down to Haiti. We were taking them to Mobile, Alabama to get the engine fixed in uh, Penobscot. Right. Yeah, which, you, uh, one of them was being towed by the I other. I was in right? charge of Penobscot being towed by the other. It would sink if the generator went out. And, uh, you know, I had a guy who had never been on a boat before. So it was an interesting trip. Um, the uh, Let's think why I uh, tried to tell you this. Oh, yes. Uh, my buddy, um, an AA fella, uh, had uh, hooked up with a fisherman buddy in Gloucester, Mass., which is where we met these boats, and uh, bought a big bag of cocaine in the Danvers Mall parking lot, now mm. known as Captain Cocaine, and uh, again, uh, threw me off the boat down there. I'd be glad to get off that boat, too. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, let me think where we're going with this. Bad Captain, yes. So I wrote a piece called Bad Captain, and just thinking lately, okay, um, think of it as a bit of a metaphor. A captain, captain is a, uh, it's a very damn responsible position, and it's learned and earned. You can't just be called captain. You can't be appointed captain. You can't be captain with no experience if you've never been on a boat before, don't know how boats work, and have no interest in learning how a boat works, okay? You can't be captain. Um, and captain is a leadership position. It comes with, uh, you know, inspiration and reward instead of blame and punishment is what a bad captain does. And again, uh, you know, making a little bit metaphor here for, uh, uh, you know, the bad captain who has uh, just been appointed captain, doesn't, uh, never been on a boat, never understands uh, how boats work and doesn't care to learn. If I'm, uh, you know, not sideways uh, clear enough here, uh, I'm sorry. But <laughs> again, uh, we can't talk... Uh, 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 editorial things, but bad captain, man, I'm telling you what, learned and earned position, and uh, it's a leadership thing, and it's one thing I can't stand as a bad captain, so, mm. uh, again, you zoom out nowadays, and uh, it's kind of worrisome, so. Yeah. Yep, sometimes you uh, don't get, you pick them, but you don't realize that you're making a bad choice until it's too late. Well, and again, uh, you know, uh, 
doesn't seem to be growing in. If the captain doesn't seem to be growing into the job, uh, you know, then what do you do? It's hard yeah. to fire the captain too. So, um, yeah. Speaking about bad captains, I have a little uh, article here from G Captain. Uh, the UK Marine Accident Investigation Branch investigated what uh, they revealed that a sole watch officer on board the general cargo ship Priscilla was watching videos on his phone prior to the ship running aground off the coast of Scotland in July 2018. For about two hours prior to the accident, the officer of the watch had been unaware that Priscilla was drifting away from the planned passage. And then once noticing that the vessel was off track, the officer chose an alternate route that resulted in the vessel heading directly towards the Penland Skiris. So, yeah. A lot of time to kill. Yeah. Uh, uh, You've got to pick your uh, your crewmates carefully. can be a definite problem being on the boat. We never, uh, we mentioned about the phone number, but I don't think we gave it in case somebody uh, still wants to take a uh, Yeah, I'm afraid there's only two minutes left, so. Oh, I'm, uh, you look yeah. at the clock, I don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, and one more uh, note from the uh, Today's newspaper, it's kind of sweet in its own uh, twisted way. Feds take heat over lobster gear fight, and basically the uh, federal uh, fisheries uh, regulators are being criticized by the environmentalists for uh, making a decision to let fishing gear down towards uh, Nantucket, uh, Martha's Vineyard. And they're also taking the same different heat from the fishermen about not being able to put gear someplace else, both uh, saying that they're not looking at the data and cherry-picking and favoring the, uh, you know, um, nobody is happy. Um, and they're all blaming it on the scientists because you can't blame it on whales now, can you? Yeah. You shouldn't. That's not cool. Um, and again, right whales are, uh, you know, uh, a little controversial uh, just lately, and a few of them got killed this summer, so... Yeah, well, we only have a minute left, and I apologize for not giving out the phone number earlier if people want to call in. But if you still want to get a hold of Boat Talk anytime, you can get a, use our email address, which is simply boattalk at gmail.com, and uh, we'll talk about it in the next show. Yep, we had a fellow email us about, uh, he emailed us some uh, how-to videos and asked if we were interested in that, which is not exactly what we do, but, um, you know, we're open to any kind of communication. Yep. Basically. Yep. Boat talk the, uh, at gmail.com. Yep. Whole idea of having a radio talk show, and ain't we lucky? Was <laughs> just uh, thinking of Joel White the other day. And uh, Joel White was uh, Joel White and Maynard Bray from over to uh, Brooklyn yep. Wooden Boat World there, are the first hosts of Boat Talk originally. And they did it for a few years off and on, and then Alan and I inherited it a few years back, and apparently they. Uh, asked us to keep doing it and still do so you know yeah. um, well hopefully but if we uh, wrap it up on time maybe we'll be back again next year <laughs> yeah and again how lucky to talk about stuff you know and uh, like best and uh, you know yeah get to call anybody on the radio and talk to them too so yeah. both thanks, talk. thanks to John down in the engine room for keeping things going Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from Gambell and Hunter Sailmakers, making sails for classic boats, cruising boats, and the main wind jammers for more than 30 years at 16 Lime Rock Street in Cam.